I'm Mark Russell from Elevate Publishing in Boise, Idaho, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody. Thank you. Joining us, welcome to episode 300 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as I have been for the past 300 episodes. Jesse Dollamore, sitting across from me, the same thing can be said of the lovely and talented woman, my partner in this endeavor, Brittany Page. 300 episodes. <laughs> How exciting. It is exciting. It's very exciting. It really is. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, all, all week I've been thinking about it and we've kind of been planning, what are we going to do? Is it going to be something special? Or, you know, we're just going to treat it like a normal episode. And it's going to be something kind of right down the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just too much shit to talk about. Too much going on. Yeah. Our our civilization is on the brink of failure mm-hmm. with Donald Trump as president. We can't spare a single moment dicking around. <laughs> that's one way to put it. Although we were going to try and then we thought, well, that's not going to be true to the show and it's 300 episodes and we should take some time for reflection, but we shouldn't move completely away from what it is that we, and we do. And we will. We'll talk about it a little bit. But you, I don't know how you're even managing. Mm-hmm. Is it because of the 300 episode that you're you're uh you're all a, a, a Twitter, you're all you're all fucked up today. Okay, so... The water bottle exploding in your face <laughs> like you've never opened a water bottle before. You're, you're, you're not getting your shit together relative to assignments that should be done. Mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of a train wreck, Brittany Page. An uncharacteristic train wreck. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, I took a BuzzFeed quiz today. What? <laughs> Which is, I mean, I'm at an all-time low. Who are you? Uh, I'm not quite sure. A BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah, I had to secretly admit it to my best uh, friend. What BuzzFeed quiz? Okay, so it wanted me to choose three meals and a dessert. Oh, okay. And a snack. Food food related. Yeah, so three meals, my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then they were to determine... Your age and your height. (laughs) (laughs) It was not accurate. Oh, fucking It was Buzz not accurate. Feed. So I chose an omelet, a salad, um, sushi. My my dessert was a cupcake and my snack was cheese. And it said I was 18 years old and 5'2". How, how at all could they determine your height? I don't know, but you need to add about 10 years and 8 inches. And then that's Yeah, accurate. 10 years and almost a fucking foot. <laughs> Um, so close, BuzzFeed close. Then I, I think that, uh, the water bottle exploding in my face was karma for the quiz. Listen, you can't just dodge (laughs) any more questions about the BuzzFeed quiz just that easy. Oh, what? 
possessed you? I don't know. I I don't know. I, I always... see these things all the time. Yeah. Not just BuzzFeed, but what Harry Potter character yeah, are you? I'm very what judgmental Star about Wars it. What Star character are you? All, listen, here's what that is. You have to click and allow that company, that website, whoever does that, to have access to your Facebook information. So Then they have access to your friends list, who your friends are, so that how old it. you are, all this demographic data they have on you. Don't take those fucking quizzes. That didn't happen with the BuzzFeed quiz. I was just clicking on photos and then it told me inaccurate information about myself. I don't really know why I did it because I don't do it. You've and lost a lot of points. I didn't. With me. Well, I didn't post it. I Brittany didn't Page. post that I took it. Uh, <laughs> that's that's maybe that's worse. I don't know. Because you're I don't being know. disingenuous. With, you're making with, me feel really bad about it when I already felt really bad. As I had, well, you should. I had to admit to Katie. I said I took a BuzzFeed quiz and she was so confused. Everyone is so confused by it. No one understands. But I graduate in like 16 days and I have things to do. So you have like senior-itis and I've already for the third time. Yeah. And so I spent, you know, several 12-hour days on my thesis and now that's out of the way and now I feel like it's... Is that why? So it's kind of Time to distract myself. Is it one of those situations where you've, you've had to put so much new information into your head (laughs) <laughs> that that you're having to lose, forget certain things because you've got so much complex stuff in there, uh-huh. like how to open and drink from a plastic water bottle. Uh, well, see, the issue with that was <laughs> it was always a, a, an excuse. It was mostly frozen, and I tried to open it, and I was trying to suck the ice off the top. <laughs> it's getting graphic, and I was. It just exploded. Yeah, it and was it was it like was alarming. Yeah. I was startled by it this morning. So my whole face was covered in water, and I had to clean off my glasses. And you had to reapply makeup to one of your eyes. Yeah, so that was the worst part. Is all of my mascara went into my eyeball and was burning, and it was the worst. It was horrible. <laughs> Damn. But it was funny. I laughed at myself. Oh, it was funny. It was hilarious. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't. I'm just so happy it happened. Like. <laughs> not when I was at work, because that would have been really bad. <laughs> well, you, the audience may not know this. I don't know that we've talked about this before. You, you're a weirdo about your water bottles. You okay, freeze not... them. You let me give my perception, mm-hmm. and then you can again give excuses and defend yourself. Okay. You freeze them solid overnight, <laughs> and then you sip on them in my the most microscopic sips that you can take mm-hmm. it's just like okay that's melt it's just melted ice <laughs> that you just, just not a little bit of oh uh, like you're desperate in the desert <laughs> okay and if you could just get a drop on your tongue yeah. that's, that's all you're not getting full drinks of water okay no this is not how it works it's just that's not a, factual okay how does it work well my preference is that it's halfway frozen Hashtag so there's little episode 300 so everybody. there's little chunks of ice that i can Anyway, just shut up. It's not like that. You're you're not doing a very good job. Fake news is what's happening right now. <laughs> you're a puppet. You're a puppet. That's what's happening. Wow. Trying to tell tales. So we are. We have arrived at episode 300. This has been a, a multi-year endeavor. Yes. By the lovely Brittany Page and I on our part. We started March 11th. 2014 doing this and it really started off as something very different than what it is now it was way more conversational 
it was really focused on like one or two topics um and it really evolved and we let the show become what it was going to become we didn't force it like a lot of you know the they have a, a theme that they stick with and we really found that we were better at really commenting on the news and very rapidly it became what it is today mm-hmm. so we listen we we couldn't be we wouldn't be here without our audience without you guys we certainly wouldn't be Look, we, we, we punch out a, a lot of content, way more than your average independent show. We do our best. And uh, we are still exceedingly happy doing it, having a very good time. Mm-hmm. And we love, for me, I'll speak for myself, I love more than anything the relationships and the connections that we have to you guys out there. We, we get, and this is going to sound so dumb, but we, we get tickled. <laughs> we get tickled when we send stickers out mm-hmm. to Patreon supporters yeah. and PayPal supporters. And they go everywhere. Yeah, because it is, I'm going to get a map for the, the studio in here. One day. And we're going to, I know I keep saying it. I'm going to get a map. I am going to get a map of the world. And we're going to have push pins everywhere where we have supporters of the show. Yeah. And it'll be... It's nice to kind of get the 30,000 foot view. Yeah. And we love you guys. It is pretty awesome. Yes. Very amazing. Thank you guys. So we're looking forward to the future. There are big things happening. They're happening slowly, it appears. I mean, I wanted to do a lot more of the video stuff um, when we moved into this new studio spot. And I haven't gotten to do that. So it's, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm still planning to do and want to do. And we'll include you guys in that along the way. It's just sometimes I, my eyes are bigger than my, my, my stomach or whatever the, the saying is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I bite off a little bit more than I can chew. And I want to do it right when I do it rather than just put out a bunch of shitty content. Right. I would rather put out less but quality, quality stuff. Yeah. So, again, thank you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. Yeah, and I, I also want to say that we wouldn't have continued to do this <laughs> right? without the response because for those who uh, have started listening to podcasts that eventually stopped, which I'm sure is a lot of podcasts, or you may have started a podcast yourself and realized how hard it is to get people to care about it. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Um, Well, we're lucky in that way. Yeah, it's been amazing. And we wouldn't continue to do it without you guys. And I think that the best thing about this is the conversations that we have with people. And the internet can be a very toxic place where... (laughs) You don't say. Yeah, it's an understatement. But... A lot of criticism, a lot of vitriol, just it's a mess out there, right? If you listen, if you listen to the internet, internet, I'm a a fat ginger faggot, mm-hmm. according to the internet. Right. But I wouldn't have you listen to the internet. Yeah. So, <laughs> but we've tried to cultivate this sense of being able to disagree agreeably yeah. on the show and how important that is to be able to see other sides 
Absolutely. And be open to that and be open to changing your mind with new evidence. And, and we, we, we are both evidence of that. Yeah, so. it has happened because of the show and that's because right. of the, the communication and because of the conversations that we have had. And so I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from what we started to do here. One of the biggest benefits. Yeah, sure. At least for me personally, I would Look, say. Look, I like living, you know, walk, we, we, we talk in the talk and walk in the walk both. If I say that you should be open to new information and then I never change my mind because I'm right. Look, we're not all right all the time. It, it's like I said last time on the show and I tweeted to a listener. Being wrong, it's okay. It's Everybody is wrong at some point. Staying wrong is what's in, unforgivable. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So we should all strive to not stay wrong. <laughs> be open to changing your mind. Even about something that, you know, is emotional for you. Yeah. So. It's a good goal. We're always striving toward that. Never perfect, but always trying to be. So thank you guys. We love you and we appreciate you. Let's get to some voicemails and some emails. Hello, guys. This is Chris from Tennessee. I'm calling to tell you congratulations on reaching 300 episodes. I look forward to listening to another 100 so I can once again call and get attention and congrats <laughs> you guys on that as well. You guys have helped inform me on subjects that I was not aware of and helped me open my views on many subjects. I wish you guys all the best. Now get to work. These podcasts are not going to make themselves. <laughs> that, uh, Chris, is a fact. That yes. is a That is true. They do not make themselves. And it's one of the problems with being... An independent, I, I, I say one-man band, because like with YouTube, I'm a one-man band. Mm-hmm. I write the shit that I say, I record the shit that I say, I edit the shit that I say, and then I post the shit that I say. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, you know, and th- with this, with us, it's, you know, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, crying the blues here, because we love what we do. We really enjoy this. We're very blessed to be in the position to have the megaphone. Hashtag are you, blessed. Are you laughing at the blast? Yeah. I knew you were. <laughs> Fucker. So, look, uh, again, I don't want to get into a boob fest here, but we feel lucky. Yes. Because there are far more talented people who don't have the audience that we have. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm trying to be magnanimous and, and, and easygoing about stuff. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Doing a great job. There's for sure people out there who are more talented than my dumb ass. Yes. Who don't have the audience Uh that we... Maybe not you. You're super multifaceted and talented and smart. Oh. And pretty and... You got a lot of stuff going on for you, Brittany Mm, Page. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I was trying to be a douche. All right. I think we have some emails that you're going to read. Yeah. I'll start with this. After you get done, you know, making noise with that drink over there like a professional broadcaster. Okay. <laughs> uh, at least I'm not smashing my face into the mic. So which <laughs> would you prefer? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, John from Cincinnati. Apparently it was morning. Long time listener. First time emailer. Yeah. I get really upset when folks deal in smearing political correctness. I'm a straight 30-something African-American male, so needless to say, it is not lost on me the evolution this country has undergone through, through since my parents' generation and the comforts that my straight malehood has afforded me in different ways. Were it not for PC, I would probably be referred to as a quote-unquote inward 
except for he says it, and I don't feel comfortable saying it, on a semi-regular basis. I unfortunately hear, even from progressive-leaning people, that the tendency to scapegoat political correctness and overlook the inclusiveness that it affords. If one can't speak without being offensive, it's not society that needs to change. It's your vocabulary. There are nearly 230,000 words alone in an English dictionary. If you're hung up on it, being frowned upon to use a handful of them to express yourself and your opinions, then you're intellectually lazy and unimaginative. We can be both decent and articulate if willing to dedicate even a modicum of thought to our everyday interactions. It's not as hard as people would have you believe. (laughs) Your show is absolutely everything. Thank you both for your invaluable contributions to the conversation. Wow. That is John. From Cincinnati. Oh, we love you. That is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree 100%. I think, one, I think there is an argument... However, it's been hijacked and and bastardized about political correctness. It can go a little crazy, like with microaggressions. And I think that sometimes it's you, know, you ask somebody, hey, where are you from originally? That's not a, an aggression. That's not that's asking a question, you know, I think I know a lot of people who buy into fully the microaggression thing. And I just don't think it's as important and doesn't deserve as much energy as it gets. But generally, the people who are anti-PC, they're just pro-dickface. They're just... It's not about being politically correct. It's about being a decent human being. Mm-hmm. If something is bothering someone, why would you continue to be an irritant to that person rather than cha- make a very minor adjustment to your behavior... To make their life a little easier. It's not going to put you out any. Mm-hmm. I know you know. I mean, I'm, it's rhetorical. You know what I mean. Yeah, I do want to say, though, on on the microaggression thing, I think that what you were trying to say is that what some people believe are microaggressions are not. And you do have that, issue. Right. you do have issue with things that are considered microaggressions. Right. But, like, it's, but not, it's not, you can't say, call them poor people. You have to call them... Whatever the fuck. Some other goofy set of words that means the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's going out of your way. A person of inadequate funding. Yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know well, if that's yeah, official, whatever, whatever but it, it is, sounds real nice. That kind of shit, I don't kind of pile in with general political correctness. Mm-hmm. I look at that as... It's it's run amok. It's too much. Well, I think you're thinking of my textbook, which one of the microaggressions was like saying Merry Christmas to someone. Yeah, who, come on. get Come on. Get the fuck out of here. And people can tell me Merry Christmas all day. I don't. They're. Yeah, that's like if someone says Happy Hanukkah to me. Yeah. Or Happy Merry Christmas. Yeah, I don't give a shit. They're not saying, hey, fuck you, bitch. They're. <laughs> right. They're wishing you well. Yeah, it's not like if I. I have many, many Jewish friends. And if I say Merry Christmas, because I say Merry Christmas, even though I'm not a Christian, I'll say, hey, Merry Christmas. It's not, hey, fuck you, Jew. Yeah. That's not what it means. It's it's a general, you know, I'm I'm a white American. I grew up celebrating Christmas. We still we don't have a tree or anything, but we... Go know, to we, Christmas dinner or whatever. We, yeah. Get gifts for it's, people. It's a cultural like thing. Yeah. So I just don't, like if someone was to say Happy Kwanzaa or Merry Kwanzaa or whatever they say, I don't know. Happy Christmas Mahana Kwanzaa. <laughs> God damn, <laughs> I would just roll with it. Yeah. Hey, you too. Yeah. Same to you. Thank you. Yeah. 
any greeting of happiness, you know, we're all, we're way off track here, but any greeting of 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 a cordial nature shouldn't be rebuffed with how dare you say Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah. Come on. But John for sure has a point in that some people need to be checked a little bit yes. on this. They're a little too free with the uh, the way with which they speak to people. And he certainly has a point that, I mean, people are... are I'm not disagreeing with anything he said. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Let's get that on the record. Yes. And I think a lot of times... Does the record show? It does. So Is the record duly noted? <laughs> it is. I think oftentimes... Does the record reflect? Yeah. It does. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm, I'm not smart enough to come up with more. That's it. I, I know. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Hashtag 300, everybody. Yeah, good times. No, no. Go ahead. No, I literally don't remember. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Thanks. Thanks, John. We appreciate the, the voice, the email very much. It is awesome. So we'll go to this email because I am assuming they're shitting on me. So we'll see what this is all about. <laughs> hey, guys. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Happy 300th episode. Hashtag 300th episode. Oh, wow. They're, they're, they're preempting my hashtag 300. Here is a test for Brittany. Say these words. Wow. I think they may be shitting on you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you and thank you? Yeah. How similar do they sound? Not very similar, do they, Michael? Uh, is he being a dick? I don't know. But they probably <laughs> I probably do say I'm the same, and right now wait, I'm wait, trying wait, really wait. hard wait, not to. Who who says thank you? I don't That's know. That's not a thing to say. Apparently me. Apparently me. Huh. Anyway, happy 300th episode. Plus, 300. Plus many bonus episodes. So I get annoyed because my best friend always criticizes the way that I say certain words like grocery store. She always corrects me. It's grocery store. She's a critical laid. Yeah, is what you're saying. Exactly. And <laughs> then someone that I dated used to make fun of how I said motorcycle. And apparently I used to say it mower cycle. Hmm. Well, that's dumb. I don't believe that I said that. Okay. I think he was gaslighting me. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, either way, I know how to say it now. So Michael, Whatever games you're trying to play reminds me of that gaslighting. So how do you feel about that? Wow. <laughs> okay. Next email. Justin. Hey, guys. You guys should come out with uh, t-shirts. I would be the first one to buy it. It seems like something I would rather buy than a mug. So what do you think? Uh, Justin, I think that is a great idea. However, um, one item that that is on the list of many things that I am not good at mm -hmm. would be, I'm not artistic. And so I'm, again, it's one man band syndrome here. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I designed the graphic that's on the goddamn coffee cups and that's, that was the, the limit of my abilities. So I would have all kinds of t-shirts going on if I was a artistic cat. But I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I think we've also talked about what would we put on them. And I think we've had the conversation. We don't know if people would want to wear our faces yeah, on a t-shirt. I, I think people would. Th I've gotten an overwhelming response that people would do that. Oh. I, I wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. But a so, lot of people would. Like our faces on the front with the logo? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Well, again, that, that's the problem I'm having. I'm not an artistic guy. So, Justin, if you're artistic, if anybody out there is artistic... I am. I will happily accept your design ideas and designs for T-shirts. That would be a great idea. That would one promote the show and also 
you know, help move the conversation forward. One t-shirt at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This email is from Earl. I love your podcast recommendations, and I now have plenty of things to have playing in the background while doing nothing. Can you please give us both your book recommendations? I would love to know what you guys have or are reading and everything else going on about you. Everything. Wow. Everything. Well, have you had a gin gimlet? Because this is my latest favorite thing. Wow. That's that's the newest. So he wanted to know everything. That's the drink with which she's making so much goddamn noise Mm -hmm. on the show. So this is kind of a tough question, and I should have thought about it more, but... But you did not. Yeah, I didn't. So one of my one of my favorite books that I read recently is, and I didn't read it recently. It was years ago, but it still stays with me. Is the Unpersuadables: Adventures Within the Enemies of Science by Will Storer, and he's a great author. And he's getting ready to come out with a a new book. I forgot what it's called, but I'm looking forward to that one too. And then I love John Ronson. Most Things by John Ronson. The Psychopath Test is really good. The book So You've Been Publicly Shamed is really good. And then, am I just going to keep going? No. Well, I was going to, uh, Sam Harris's Moral Landscape is a great book. Mm-hmm. Just about anything by Christopher Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens actually has a, what's the name of that? The giant book that I have that's got all the different essays that he thinks are important to read that are philosophy and you know what I'm talking about? Apparently not. Okay. I is will, is I will it get... and yet his essays? No, no, it's not his essays. Anyway, I'll put it in the show notes because, again, we should have prepared for this question because we knew it was coming. <laughs> well, I have some favorites by well, you. You read a lot more than me, so you're... Yeah, so... Uh, again, I'm dumb guy. So my favorite Hitchens book is Mortality, and it's his shortest book, probably. It's very short. It's his final book. It was the book he wrote while he was pretty much waiting to die. Yeah. And when he was diagnosed with cancer, he would write these columns for Vanity Fair, Mm -hmm. and they were just phenomenal. Yeah, tremendous. uh, About how he was feeling and about what it was like to be facing death. And everything from as small as how people react to him. Right. To everything else. I mean, just he really he he took a deep dive into that part of his life. Right. The end of his life. And so that book is what he wrote in Vanity Fair. Yeah. So I'm glad that they because you can't find all of them on Vanity Fair anymore. So I'm glad that they're in that book so that people can reference that. Right. And then Letters to a Young Contrarian is one of my favorites by Hitchens too. If I'm thinking of my life, one of my favorite books is Cracked by Dr. Drew. The <laughs> the book is all about the intergenerational transmission of trauma and cycles of poverty, abuse, addiction, uh, a little bit about his own personal history, which was really interesting. But I think that book taught me so much about psychology in general. And he's an internist, Um, So he's not, he doesn't have a degree in psychology or anything. Medical doctor though. Yeah, but he is so educated in that area still. And so if you're interested in those topics, I would recommend that book as well. On the other side of some of the stuff that I've read that I really enjoy are presidential biographies. And one of the best is John Adams by David McCullough. That that is, that and 1776 are both phenomenal reads. Unbelievable. I mean, you could just cheat and watch John Adams on HBO, the miniseries, 
because it's based on his book and it's really close to the book. Pretty great. But the book is just a goddamn awesome read. Uh, anything relative to the, the 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 revolutionary period and the founding of our country, I think, is fascinating. So I, I kind of gravitate there. Anyway, thanks for the email. And uh, we'll have to get to the rest of that stuff later. Yeah, I mean, that would be a really long list. So if you weren't happy with that, just write, write us another email and <laughs> I'll send you a list. Okay, so this email that I'm about to read is from someone who doesn't want their name mentioned. And when I read it the first time, I was really emotional. So I'm hoping that I can read it without getting emotional or we're going to have a redo of every Thanksgiving episode we've ever done. And <laughs> <No kidding. laughs> um, I think this email is important to read because, well, it coincides perfectly with hashtag 300th episode because it really illustrates what I think we wanted to do here and the influence that we wanted to have. And so I'm just going to read it. I have been a listener for only a short time, but I love your show. I wanted to send an email with my photos because I want you both to know exactly how being a listener has helped me. Let me back up a minute and explain. I was in the U.S. Air Force for almost 10 years. I deployed to Kirkuk, Iraq as an E-3 Airman First Class and to Kandahar, Afghanistan as an E-5 Staff Sergeant and a few other places as well. Upon returning home, I started to have serious problems with my wife, daughter, and pretty much all of my relationships. I was drinking a bit too much, having trouble at work, and battling with suicidal thoughts. It wasn't until my wife told me to seek help or else she would not stick around. That's what I did. After months of therapy and seeing active duty mental health, it was determined that I was no longer able to perform my duties as security forces, which is the Air Force's military police. Eventually, my doctor thought it was in my best interest to have me separate from the military. I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder with PTSD. It was severe enough that they opted to medically retire me. The point is, during my treatment, my doctor had me create a survival kit. It is a box that I keep that invokes happy or positive thoughts or memories. It has played such an important part of my life. It has been an incredible struggle, but I always keep my kit handy. This is where both you and your show come into play. I listen to you two every chance I get. You both make me laugh, and it is incredibly therapeutic for me. Your show has had such an impact on me that I put your sticker on my survival kit. When I'm having difficulties or when I start to go to the dark place that is so familiar to me, I have my survival kit with both of your bright and smiling faces on it. I remember that I'm helping move the conversation forward. I also admire you, Jesse, because you are a veteran too. It gives me a connection to you that helps me get through what I'm going through when those times come. I don't want to get into too much detail because I want to keep this email positive, just know that you both have had an incredibly positive impact on me and you help me when I am having trouble. Please keep doing what you are doing and know how helpful you are to at least one member of your audience. I included a picture of the instructions as well as the photo of the box with the sticker. Also, if this email seems a bit coherent at times, it's due to how difficult it is to put some of these thoughts into words. Thank you both again for everything you have done for me on a personal level. Wow. Um... Well, that's that's why we do the show. <clears throat> it sounds it's going to sound trite if you say something like, "If we could just reach one person and be really meaningful in someone's life, that it would all be worth it." 
but it's really true. And, and listen, listener, um, you're important to us. All of our listeners are, and I appreciate your struggle. And not because I've gone through anything like it, but because you were a volunteer for your country and you suffered consequences that you didn't expect going in. You didn't sign up for that. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that Brittany and I can, can play even a small role in your recovery and some positive juice in your, in your life. Yeah. So that is, and, um, thank you for the email. Well, and I want to say thank you for sharing your story with us and with the audience, letting us read it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that you are in a better place and absolutely and have the, the tools to continue to be in that place. So thank you for sharing. Awesome. Thank you for all of that. Everybody. We appreciate you. We really love you guys. Not just something we say. <laughs> it really is something we feel. We feel connected to you. And goddamn, uh, I hope that uh, that you feel connected to us as well. So thank you very, very much. So also, a part of our 300 episode extravaganza, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have our very first sponsor yes pretty great yeah so do you guys know korean food it's bold (laughs) it's complex and it's showing up everywhere even showing up right here on i doubt it with dollamore as our very first sponsor that is right we are very excited to announce that the show's flagship inaugural sponsor suji's korean cuisine now suji's is no mom and pop outfit Suji started in 2005 as a 30-seat New York-style deli in Seoul, Korea, but it is now global. With retail products and restaurants well-established in Korea and Japan, offering U.S., Korean, and Japanese cuisine, Suji's has crossed the Pacific to bring the authentic taste of Korea to the United States. Suji's Korean cuisine spent nearly two years developing the tastiest and most authentic Korean flavors while also keeping their products clean meaning no added MSG or no preservatives, with the added benefit of most of their products being naturally gluten-free. Look for Suji's Korean Cuisine in the refrigerated aisles at Target, HEB, and Costco's in the southeast of the United States. Suji's also has sauces, and those are available on Amazon. Suji's Korean Cuisine, Korean-inspired, made in the USA. And we tried it. And it was good. It was really good. Well, we wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, we didn't want to. We didn't want to be selling something unless it was tasty. And I'll tell you what, it was tasty. It's a pretty good mix. It's a pretty good match for for a, for a first sponsor on the show to be food related. Yes, because I don't know if everybody knows. Douchey, douchey foodies. We we like the food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we we found it at Target. That's where we got Went it. down to Target in the. At the super targets here in California, where they have the little mini grocery stores. Yes. And it's in the refrigerated aisle, um, like where they keep the produce and stuff. Yeah. And it's uh, pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah. So, pretty, pretty good. Know that when you go and pick some up, you are supporting Suji's, and I doubt it. Yeah. A mm-hmm. partnership made in heaven. Yep. <laughs> 
I'm coming up with slogans just off the top of my head. You really are. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Bradley. Bradley. And Tamara. Tamara. Mm-hmm. New Patreon and PayPal supporters. Pretty awesome. Yep. Each little span in between episodes, we're gaining more and more Patreon and PayPal people. So we, we love you guys. We appreciate the 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 outpouring of support. We are getting closer to that number to to add a third episode. So just if you're in a position to help us there, God, we, we love you for it. So thank you guys. We appreciate you so, so much. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So dumb guy Donald is at it again. Wow. <laughs> Look, I've said on the show before that I don't think I'll ever be surprised. It's kind of a weird situation that I, I really can't be surprised at dumb stuff that he does and says. But every time he does something, I'm like, ah, really? It's like we can get lower. There's a lower point. There's never a rock bottom with Donald Trump. And uh, he was on Sirius XM Radio with Selena Zito. And he made this comment about, well, here's the deal. Okay. I think somebody's gotten in his ear about him being similar to Andrew Jackson, the president. The monster of a president who also had a kind of a populist following. And someone has gotten in his ear and really compared him to Andrew Jackson and he went on this weird tirade about Andrew Jackson and the Civil War that didn't make any sense at all. I mean, had Andrew Jackson been a little bit later, you wouldn't have had the Civil War. He was, he was a very tough person, but he had a big heart, and he was, he was really angry that he saw what was happening with regard to the Civil War. He said, there's no reason for this. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War. Um, yeah. You think about it, why? People don't ask that question. But why was there the Civil War? Why could why could that one not have been worked out? You know, Brittany, people, they just don't ask that question. Yes. The, the question of why was there a Civil War, we've gone, you know, 150 years and no one's asked that question. Donald Trump's the first. No one even asked, no one's even concerned about why there was a civil war, except for we've been talking about it for about two weeks on the show. I've been corrected by call, by listeners and callers on the show about the civil war and my opinions on the civil war. So it's a topic that gets talked about, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. The other thing is quit lauding praise on Andrew Jackson, who is responsible for the Trail of Tears. Look that one up. He was a, a, a effectively a genocide. He was an exterminator of native peoples here in North America. Not a good guy. He owned hundreds of slaves. 
not a good guy. But he didn't have any thoughts on, on the Civil War because he died in 1845 and the first shots were fired 16 years later in 1861. It just, come on, Donald Trump, dumb guy. I'm at the end of my rope here. I think what bothered me the most about this interview was his long pause and then the... Selena. Selena, her impulse to interject. Yeah. What is this? Just let him be in the silence. Yeah. Handle yourself and your discomfort in silence and let him wrestle with it and say dumb things. Yeah. Well, she, you're giving him rope to hang himself. Let him hang himself. Well, and don't save him from yeah. feeling discomfort in that moment. I, I don't know. Well, the, the other thing is we played a little bit of the interview with John Dickerson from face the nation last episode and there's a little snippets that we didn't play that are kind of getting they're getting notoriety right now. One of them is again dumb guy Donald not understanding the nuance or the metaphor of something very plain when it was pointed out. George W. Bush said the reason the Oval Office is round is there are no corners you can hide in. Well, there's truth to that. There's truth to that. There's certainly no corners. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh yeah, it's very true. Yeah, there's there's no corners in this round room. No, that's not what he meant, Dick. <laughs> Come on. Seriously. Yeah. What is happening? That's my line. What is happening? Well, and then there's this. And you may have seen this. And this is at the end of the interview. And they're standing at the, at the corner of the desk in the Oval Office. And John Dickerson kind of gets into it with him. Not gets into it, like, aggressively. But Trump goes on this thing about the surveillance and, you know, if you're going to bring that topic up, a reporter who's worth the salt yeah. is going to ask some follow-up questions. Well, he just hands you that opportunity. Yeah, and Donald Trump just, he just floundering fucking fool. Did President Obama give you any advice that was helpful? That you think, wow, he well, really... Well, very nice to me, but after that, we've had some difficulties. Uh, so it doesn't matter. You know, words are less important to me than deeds. And Did you you saw what happened with surveillance, and everybody saw what happened with surveillance. Difficulties how? I thought that, well, you saw what happened with surveillance, and I think that was inappropriate. What does that mean, sir? Uh, you can figure that out yourself. Well, I, the reason I asked is you said he you called him sick and bad. Look, you can figure it out yourself. He was very nice to me with words, but... And when I was with him, but after that, there has been no relationship. But you stand by that claim about him? I don't stand by anything. I just, uh, you can take it the way you want. I think our side's been proven very strongly, and everybody's talking about it. And frankly, it should be discussed. I think that is a very big surveillance of our citizens. I think that's a very big topic, and it's a topic that should be number one, and we should find out what the hell is going on? I just wanted to find out, though, you're, you're the president of the United States. You said he was sick and bad because he attacked you. You can just... take any way. You can take it any way you want. But I'm asking you because you don't want it you to be fake news. I want to hear it from President Trump. Me. You don't have to ask me. Why not? Because I have my own opinions. You can have your own opinions. But I want to know your opinions. You're the president of the United okay. States. It's enough. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then he sits down at the desk and acts like he's reading papers. <laughs> it's hilarious to watch. But uh, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm not criticizing. Dumb guy Donald. I am not criticizing John Dickerson at all because, wow, 
What a moment. Also, you're standing with the president of the United States. You can only push so much when you're on his turf. Right. But here's what I would have liked to have seen. Just a little tweak in the language that was used. So he says, I want your opinion. And Donald Trump says, you can have your opinion and I can have mine. And John Dickerson says, I want your opinion. You're the president. I wish he would have said, I want the facts. Yeah. This isn't really an opinion-based issue. We're not talking about spaghetti, okay? Yeah, right. We're talking about whether or not this actually happened. A lot of opinions about spaghetti. Yeah, so (laughs) it's gross. I have many very intense opinions about spaghetti. Yeah, it's not gross. I'm kidding. Do not write. (laughs) So... That's all I would have, uh, that yeah, one word. Yeah. I want the facts. This is a factual situation or it's not. Well, but it, it's such a serious situation. Yeah. He's standing there. He's trying to do the best he can with the interaction that he's having, obviously. But just that little thing I think would have been good. Here's the other thing that I wish I wish he would have caught on to. And it's when Donald Trump says, frankly, it should be discussed. And then when when John Dickerson tries to push him and talk about it, oh, we're done here. Well, I thought it should be discussed. Then, And who better to discuss it with than the man at the source mm-hmm. of the issue? Yeah. I wonder if the people who care in the Trump administration were watching that and just, Jesus Christ, dude, why yeah. are you <laughs> again? Yeah. Why we have told you repeatedly, stop bringing this up. I'm just, I'm guessing that they've told him. Well, listen, and he continues to say it. The director of the FBI has said no, zero evidence. The director of the CIA has said no, zero evidence. Mm -hmm. The director of the Defense Intelligence Agency has said no, zero evidence. Nope, that didn't happen. And Donald Trump persists with this idiotic story that only his most ardent. Idiots believe. Donald Trump, baby! You know, I mean, that guy believes it. We got some Hillary bitches on here! Yeah. Come on, baby! Oh, Oh, it never gets old, that noise that she makes. Oh, no. So, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's out of control. The president of the United States is out of control. He's uncontrollable. Yeah. By his staff. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's not smart enough to understand what a fucking buffoon he is on a stage that includes the rest of the world. It's it's alarming, to say the least. All right. Well, related to this John Dickerson stuff, though, Stephen Colbert right now is in kind of trouble uh, related to a monologue he did where he he said some derogatory... I think very funny things and he's getting shit from both the left and the right. First, let's play what he said and then let's talk about it. But I got to say walking out in the middle of a sentence wasn't even the president's biggest insult to John Dickerson. And I think actually I've been very consistent. You know, it's very funny when the fake media goes out, you know, which we call the mainstream media, which sometimes I must say is you. But when the you fake, mean me personally, or uh, your show? I love your show. I call it "Deface the Nation." Really, oh. Donald Trump, John Dickerson is a fair-minded journalist and one of the most competent people who will ever walk into your office, and you treat him like that. Now, John Dickerson has way too much dignity to trade insults with the President of the United States to his face. But I, sir, 
am no John Dickerson. <laughs> and when you, okay, all right, let me introduce you, let me introduce you to something we call the Tiffany Way. When you insult one member of the CBS family, you insult us all. Bazinga. All right? Here we go. All right? Oh, get the gloves off. Mr. Trump, your presidency, I love your presidency. I call it disgrace the nation. You're not the POTUS. You're the bloatus. You're the glutton with the button. You're a regular gorge, Washington. You're the president, but you're turning into a real prictator. <laughs> Sir, you attract more skinheads than free Rogaine. You have more people marching against you than cancer. You talk like a sign language gorilla who got hit in the head. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's <laughs> holster. Wow. On TV. Yes. That Donald Trump's mouth, the only thing that it's good for is for Vladimir Putin's cock holster. I, 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 the only thing it's good for is Vladimir Putin's. Is, is for a, a cock holster. Yeah. For Vladimir Putin. Did I not say it right? The, just the holster for Vladimir Putin. His cock. Yeah. You're, you're ruining the joke for everybody. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But the reaction to this has been not good. Left and right. Hashtag fire Colbert. Oh, is that a hashtag? Yeah. I don't support that hashtag. Neither do I. And the accusation here is that this was a homophobic slur. That he made a homophobic comment. And that he's a bigot. Hmm. And... I guess I'm confused by that. And if someone agrees with that position, I would love to hear from them because I uh, am confused by it. Because he's criticizing Donald Trump. He's not saying that he is... So people think that because it has to do with oral sex between two men that it's maligning gays? Is that... Because listen, here's, here's the way I see it from a funny perspective. It's that Donald Trump is not gay. So it's the absurdity of it. That one, he's being dominated by Vladimir Putin. But it's absurd that he's not because he doesn't, he's not, he's not a gay. I don't know. It's, I don't think it's a, it's not, it's not a slur against gays at all. Mm-hmm. It's not even making fun of, listen, I'm sure Stephen Colbert has, has, has had his uh, Colbertness in the mouth of a woman. I'm sure it has been too much. I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, listen, I, I just don't I, don't. I don't see it as, and maybe it's because Are you trying to say that the Lades' mouths are also <laughs> holders? Holster. Holsters. Like a gun. For, who's ruining the joke yeah, now? Yeah, I know. What just happened? Motherfucker. <gasps> Damn it. <laughs> So listen, I we'd love your we'd love your opinion on this. Do you think that he should be? Well, I don't think he should be fucking fired. Well, he didn't apologize. He did not apologize. Yeah. So he said that maybe his language was a little too vulgar, but he I don't believe that he apologized. So well, listen, we're in we're in kind of virgin territory here because normally this would be out of bounds to to say something this derogatory about the a sitting president of the United States. Just mm-hmm. just it's off the charts disrespectful. But we're in different times now. 
when our when Donald Trump is insulting to their fucking face reporters yeah making up little cute derogatory names for their shows and unfortunately you can't say anything back yeah i mean i'm sure john dickerson in his head or you would think maybe that he in his head he's like you know fuck you dude you know <laughs> yeah. but i don't know i i think uh, one that he needs a a, a, co- a comedian like stephen colbert like bill maher like john stewart like larry wilmore they get a little bit more leeway mm-hmm. because oftentimes with comedy, that which is crass actually gets people thinking and makes a, a a larger point. But the problem with this is liberals need to stop doing this, right? Because oh, yeah. Stephen Colbert is a liberal. And clearly an ally. And every day he dedicates a significant amount of time on his show to criticizing Donald Trump criticizing what Donald Trump does and he's on their team yeah so going against someone that's on your team just doesn't seem well it seems kind of a theme with with the the left sometimes that they eat their own yeah they the outrage Olympics happen mm-hmm. and who can be the most outraged and who can call for the most resignations and who can come up with the, the, the clever fucking hashtag that's going to take somebody down. Mm-hmm. It's also one thing that he says yeah. and then we want him to be fired. Right, right. We want him to lose his job. When the entirety of his career. One joke that and, he made. And, 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 and as a man is that he is an ally both to left causes, but also Gays and lesbians. Mm-hmm. He is an ally of LGBT people. Yeah. For sure he is. Yeah, 100%. So, and obviously the, the, the right wants him fired because, you know. He made a hilarious they can't, joke. They can't take a fucking joke. About <laughs> the Donald. Yeah, about Dick Face Donald, the fucking dumb guy. Goddamn. All right. Well, let's, let's push the rest of this. I got a lot. I was going to talk about Alton Sterling. In, in uh, Louisiana, and Michael Slager in South Carolina, and Jordan Edwards, who was shot, innocent kid, child, shot in the head by a rifle while driving away from a police officer. We'll, we're going to push that until next time. Uh, there's some other stuff here, too. I wanted to talk about Jimmy Kimmel and, and, and Jake Tapper, but uh, we're just not going to have time. So we'll push that for next time, and we will end the show as we often do. It's the asshole of today. So I guess the asshole of today is the National Scholastic Chess Championships. (laughs) I think it's Malaysia is who I would say is the asshole today. Okay. Or maybe the preponderance of the Malaysian people. (laughs) The attitudes of the culture in Malaysia, because that's where this took place, I think. So a 12-year-old girl made it to the National Scholastic Chess Championships in Malaysia, but she wasn't able to compete all the way through because of a dress that she wore, which was too seductive. (laughs) I only laugh because it's a goddamn travesty. Because this dress is not seductive. One, it's a 12-year-old girl. But two, the dress is not 
by any stretch of any imagination, seductive. Like one, two, three, four, five reasons. The first five, re- like the first hundred reasons. It's a 12-year-old girl. Right. Who would even say, who would even step forward and say that dress that that 12-year-old is wearing is too seductive? Right. Who said that? I, what we need to be looking into is who made that statement yeah. at this at this event because she's the problem. No, I'm sorry. The person who made that statement is the problem. He's what creeper child molester. Who's looking at a girl thinking that she's seductive. So in the middle of round two, by the way, I like that Brittany page right there. So in the middle of round two, without stopping the clocks, the chief arbiter informed the student that the dress she wore was improper and violated the dress code of the tournament. You would have to see this dress. One, it comes to her knees. And it has sleeves that cover her shoulders. And it's it, not form fitting at all. Yeah, I mean, again, a 12 year old, but I think it probably has like a collar on it. It goes all the way up to her neck. There's the only skin that's showing is like her kneecaps and from down down to her ankles. It's, and her arms. Yeah, but I mean it's not it's a little girl's dress. Yeah, on a little girl. Right. So not only did they say it was seductive, but it was, quote unquote, a temptation from a certain angle far, far away. Uh. So again, who reported this and why was the issue with a 12 year old child and not with the person who was like, hey, look at that 12 year old girl over there. That dress yeah. looks seductive. Well, again, listen, this is a, a, another case of religion where men are allowed to, oh, I'm too tempted by whether it be female children or other women my age, I'm tempted. So the woman, I can't control my fucking self because I'm a piece of shit. And the the women around me have to do something different with what they do to, to take care of me and my uncontrollable urges. So they said that after some discussion, the, the chief arbiter had conceded and apologized to the student, personally assuring her that there was nothing wrong with her attire, but due to the term- tournament director's decision, he could not allow the dress to be worn by the student in the tournament. None of that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely asshole it's a day. So she had to withdraw from the tournament altogether. It's likely because she was a girl competing in this, and that was problematic. But again, it says that all players should be dressed in, quote unquote, a suitable manner. Uh, And these standards are not equal, you know, and and you talk about this with like high school dress codes, right? Where girls are told not to show their belly, to wear shorts that, you know, their fingertips when they put their hands down by their legs that it passes, which, by the way, doesn't work for tall people. Right. And... There's all these rules. You can't wear tank tops. Don't do this. Don't do this. It's all directed at girls. That's right, because boys apparently can't fucking concentrate if they see a girl's shoulders. Come on. Yeah, well, if they can't, well, then that's their problem. Yeah, get them the fuck out of there. Yeah, or just have them not pay attention and be weird. I don't know. It's (laughs) Who cares? Again, it's not... They've got bigger problems on their hands. Yeah. Their, their life's not looking good. <laughs> it's not. Welcome to Walmart. Where can I direct you? Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is frustrating. And I mean, this is a very intelligent girl 
Who, yeah, she's killing it in the chess. Yeah. She shouldn't have been judged based on what she was wearing. She shouldn't have been talked to like this because it's too young to start receiving these messages that you need to yes. control and cover up because you are somehow responsible for the way that men react to you. Right. That you're responsible pr- from preventing them from having a reaction to you and harassing you. Not her problem. Yeah, it's not her problem. Yeah. And she's 12. She's not wearing a seductive dress. Yeah. Quit thinking a 12-year-old is seductive. What's wrong with you? Find that person that said that. That is it. Okay. Ivanka Trump was also asshole of today. <laughs> Why? Why this time? Well, she wrote this at book that is apparently filled with advice for women who work. God damn. And how's that fucking silver spoon taste, Ivanka? Well, you know, rich people have struggles too. I understand that. (laughs) Where are we going to eat tonight, lovey? But if the book doesn't begin with a chapter on the things that have been handed to her. Yeah. Then I'm not really interested in the advice because I don't know how anyone could relate to it has Ivanka Trump had to worry about if she's going to make her house payment who's going to watch her kid while she's working didn't she say in the book that during the campaign it was very hectic and it's time she wasn't able to get a massage or to meditate or something I think that's what's been reported come on goddamn! so how out of touch you're so out of touch that you don't even know how out of touch you are you don't she's so out of it she's so above the, the socioeconomic status of 99.9% of America that she doesn't know that she that not everybody lives like her. It's like taking grocery shopping advice from Lucille Bluth. <laughs> Another arrested development, everybody. Right. You know, it's one banana, what could it cost? $10, you know. <laughs> Douche <chill. laughs> Um, But honestly, I mean, maybe I should read the book and... No, we're not giving that... Her money. Well, if someone finds it on the side of a road or something, go ahead and send it to the P.O. Box and maybe I'll take a look at it. That's right. P.O. Box 15822, Newport Beach, California, 92659. Maybe it'll end up at the free little library over there on East Side Costa Mesa and I'll just pick it up. Right on. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. Hashtag 300. This is it. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time with some of these follow-up stories that we're going to do. You guys mean the world to us. And again, I can't express how important the relationship that, that, that we feel we have with you guys is. You make this possible and you make us motivated to continue doing what we do. So we love you guys. We appreciate you. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore. And this has been I Doubt It. Fake news is what's happening right now. (laughs) You're a puppet.